Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted, social distancing style from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz, who is no longer in the bonus room above his garage. Weston, from <laughs> whence do you come? I, I upgraded, Mike. I, I am now that. inside my office here at Lambeau Field. And I'm happy to be here. No, who am I kidding? I don't have an office. I have a cubicle. <laughs> uh, I'm in my boss's office, Duke Bobber, who is still socially distancing at home. So okay. if you have a free room, you take the free room. And uh, here I come to you live from Lambeau Field. <laughs> well, I am here in our uh, 1265 studio. And I think we got some of the lighting issues figured out in here. You look so, good. Uh, um, yeah, starting to look a little bit better. These Zoom cameras are not quite the same as your professional high-tech cameras. So we've had to make adjustments a along the way. But more importantly, Wes, you know what? The Packers have two training camp practices in the books here at the time we are taping this. And shortly after we are done taping this show, there will be practice number three, which will be the first one in pads. And we will get to more of that later in the week. But through these first two practices, a lot going on, a lot to keep an eye on. Let's break things down here in terms of our key observations on the offensive and then the defensive side. So starting on offense, what jumped out to you from days one and two? Well, both days that you and I walked back from practice, again, from a socially acceptable distance, <laughs> uh, I said to you, I mean, I don't know if it's just because you and I didn't have an off-season program, although you've covered those years before, I, ha I haven't. But it just seems like there's been more happening in these first two practices than I can remember uh, in the past. And, and, you know, offensively, what has really stuck up, stood out to me, one, uh, it has to start with Tim Boyle. Uh, the conversation all offseason has been once again about Jordan Love being the first round pick, Aaron Rodgers, yada, 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 get your clicks, everybody have a great day. But Tim Boyle has sort of been the forgotten guy in all this. And Boyle, as I wrote uh, in our what we learned from Monday's practice story on Packers.com, every single year he starts off really strong to camp. And for the most part, he's always sustained it. And this year has been no exception. I thought he's made some really terrific throws. You know, you go back to 2018, Mike, it was all about the big throwing ability. We, You know, I, I play around with my friend Michael Cohen and the, the Tim Boyle laser show deal. Right. But what has impressed me is how over the years uh, he's becoming a pretty good pinpoint precision passer too in these practices. And that's how he has enabled himself as an undrafted rookie two years ago to now be going into his third NFL season last year as the primary backup to Aaron Rodgers. A uh, couple throws of note that he already had Marquez Valdez Scantling, the very first practice puts one right where only his receiver can catch it probably 40 yards downfield. And then he's also made some really nice intermediate throws too. I think about, the one that he had in the slot to Darius Shepard on Monday, and then also a nice one that he had delivering the ball in stride through traffic to A.J. Dillon, who was coming out of the backfield on kind of a wheel route. So Tim Boyle, you can in, in Jordan Love, certainly there's going to be a lot made about that, and he's an exceptional prospect. But there's a reason Tim Boyle's here, and I thought through the first two practices he reminded everyone of that. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Boyle as well. And you, everybody knows about his arm strength. You mentioned the deep ball to MVS. Those kinds of things don't necessarily surprise me. But I think what stood out to me, in addition to what you said, is that through these first two practices, just the, the overall command and comfort and the, the sharpness and the smoothness of everything, you can tell, okay, he's in his third year in the NFL now. He's in his second year in Matt LaFleur's system. And it's some of the little things, like just when he takes a check down throw, yeah. the timing of taking the check down is much 
quicker and sharper as opposed to maybe holding too long onto those first couple reads before you just check it down and give the check down guy a chance to make a play. It's, it's hard to describe. I don't know if I'm describing that quite right, no. but th those are the things, those are the things that I've recognized these first couple of practices. And that's where I, the, the word I keep coming back to is command. He just seems to have a command of the offense that is at another level now. We're not really, we're not obviously not going to get to see that in the preseason games as we've done in the past, but, uh, um, but certainly he's off to, uh, uh, to a strong start. And, you know, we talked about with, with as far as Jordan Love has to go, having not had any on-field work in the off season as a rookie and being thrown into the new system and everything like that. I mean, the odds are very strong and they were even before these la before training camp started that Tim Boyle is going to be the number two quarterback, I think, behind Aaron Rodgers. His experience level is, uh, is just too hard to ignore. And he's certainly proving that he's out to lock down that job. Yeah, totally. And, and this is the thing, too. I mean, last year he was in that number two role. That, that is a job in and of itself. People just think it's the guy sitting there holding the clipboard waiting for the quarterback to get hurt, and then he enters the game. It's not like that. As Tim Boyle even said, there's so much that goes into it during the week. He is one of the primary guys responsible for helping Rodgers and the quarterback coach, Luke Getze, you know, game plan to understand what tendencies are of the cornerbacks uh, that they're going to be facing, to you know, pick up on little nuances that could potentially help Rodgers to be an extra set of eyes when he's on the sideline. That, that all plays into this, and it's something that, you know, Jordan Love is going to be learning in this process. I mean, this is still a very young quarterback, an exceptional prospect, like I said, but Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think the NFL, the way that this thing has trended over the last 10 years, everybody wants to draft a quarterback, and five minutes later they want to have that guy in the system playing, starting. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. But if you're not in a position where you're trying to save a head coach's job or you're not trying to change a culture, or heck, even sell season tickets, if you're not in one of those spots, I still think there's a lot to be said for allowing a guy to develop. Patrick Mahomes certainly wasn't behind Alex Smith as long as you know Aaron Rodgers was behind Brett Favre. But still, even that one year, I thought, made all the difference for that young man in what is now turned into a 24-year-old MVP of this league. So yeah. uh, one of those things to consider – but beyond that, Mike, uh, in order for Boyle to look good, that means the offense has to have moments. And, and through these first two practices, whether it's been A.J. Dillon, the way that the Packers have used Tyler uh, Irvin, the, you know, the scat back that they claimed last year in their returner, uh, Alan Lazar, Darius Shepard, there's been a lot of guys that have stepped up and made plays. And, you know, you've really been able to see some of the depth uh, at these positions that have some question marks. Well, as far as the starting offense, the number one unit is concerned, there is a competition underway. It was underway right from the get-go in the first practice on Saturday. And what I'm talking about is the right side of the offensive line. The Packers, Matt LaFleur, the offensive coaches are, are shuffling things around in the different 11-on-11 uh, 11 11 reps as they go through practice. There are times that Billy Turner is at right tackle with – Lane Taylor, the whole Turner-Taylor thing. I know I'm going to screw that up at some point. But anyway, Billy Turner at right tackle, Lane Taylor at right guard. There are other times when Rick Wagner is at right tackle and Billy Turner is at right guard. Obviously, the other combination is Taylor at guard and Wagner at tackle. So the coaches are trying to find what is the best combination 
that is going to work on the right side of that offensive line for the Packers. And uh, this is not something that's going to be decided tomorrow or the next day, Wes. I think this is a competition that the coaches are going to let this play out pretty much through the majority of camp, at least for the first couple of weeks before they, uh, they settle on what that starting lineup is going to be in week one. Yeah, and, and once they made the decision to, to keep Lane Taylor and, and to figure that thing out for this season, I, I felt pretty confident that he was going to be in a competition for a starting job. I mean, he brings a lot of versatility. He can play both guard spots. He can play right tackle. Um, heck, I mean, he played left tackle. He started a game at left tackle in this league already in, in a sure. pinch. So uh, certainly this is a guy that you just didn't want to see him walk out the door. Uh, but at the same time, when you lose somebody like Brian Balaga, Mike, uh, that, that's one of the best tackles that has ever walked in the doors at Lambeau Field in this franchise's history. So to go 10 years with him and then to try to replace him, you can't just have one remedy. You have to have multiple options. Uh, Rick Wagner was a part of that. Keeping Lane Taylor was a part of that. And keeping in mind Billy Turner's versatility is also something the Packers are considering. Going back to last year, it made a lot of sense for him to come in and, and probably take that right guard spot. But one of the reasons why Green Bay went out and signed him was because he can play multiple positions. Right. The Green Bay Packers, when they go to Minnesota in week one, they want to have their best five offensive linemen on the field. And this is going to be an opportunity for those three guys to show that they can be that guy. Yeah, well, shifting gears to the defensive side, there was a big piece of news on the first day of practice, and that is the, uh, I guess you'd call it the long-awaited contract extension for Kenny Clark, because GM Brian Gutekunst had been talking about this, you know, even dating back more than a year, that he wanted to get Kenny Clark in the fold long-term for this defense. It took a while, everything with the pandemic and salary cap ramifications and all that maybe delayed things a little bit in terms of finally reaching an agreement, but that agreement has been reached and the contract is official and Kenny Clark will be a centerpiece literally and figuratively in a lot of ways for the Green Bay Packers defense for the next several years. Yeah, and a remarkable signing and a, and a remarkable uh, job by Clark and his team to get this thing done before the start of training camp. 24 years old, Mike, he doesn't turn 25 until October. Uh, an incredible rise he's made. Uh, you know, this is a guy... You know, we're going to talk about Rashawn Gary here in a little bit, but Kenny Clark came in as a 20-year-old rookie. He had to go through his, you know, kind of bumps and bruises along the way. But, man, in the December of 2017, when he really started to come on there that last month of the season, uh, you saw exactly what Ted Thompson and this personnel department liked about him and where they thought his career was headed. And to be honest with you, Mike, I feel like this kind of completes uh, a, you know, a five, six, seven year of evolution of this defensive front. When I started covering this team, as Kenny Clark alluded to in his press conference with the media, it was all about, you know, gap filling defensive tackles. And they had one job and that was really to take up some blockers and allow the people behind them to make plays. It's not like that anymore. Kenny Clark right. can do it all. And when the Packers drafted him, six foot three, 310 pounds, uh, he wasn't a Ryan Pickett type, but he also wasn't like a Mike Daniels type. He was right in the middle, and he can pretty much give you everything that you want out of that one nose tackle position and allows him also to have some pass rushing opportunities. The closest distance between the defensive line and the quarterback <laughs> is right up the middle, and yep. I think Kenny Clark has shown the value in that, and certainly Brian Gutekunst, this organization, uh, wanting to maintain that commitment to him and, and keep him in the fold. Now with a defense, mind you, that has a lot of key pieces in place now for the next three, four or five seasons. 
Yeah, I'm really curious to see what the next step is going to be for Kenny Clark in the, the, the pass rushing world because he's had six sacks each of the last two years, which is a real solid number for an interior defensive lineman in this league. But here's the thing, Wes, you know this as well as I do. He's had a couple of different months in his career where he's had three and a half or four sacks just yeah. in the span of a month. So if a guy can do that from an interior D-line position, then you wonder, can he get double-digit sacks, a dozen sacks in a regular season like the guys on the outside are used to getting and I'm I'm really curious to see if uh, if Kenny Clark starts to uh, to push those sack numbers up as uh, as he really comes into his own here in the NFL yeah I'm with you on that because the thing is if you look at all those next gen stats and pro football focus I mean they're talking about this guy's had I think it was something around 50 pressures last year he was around the quarterback a lot it just so happens that well, he had two pretty decent outside linebackers <laughs> chasing after that same quarterback. Yeah, those um, other guys were finishing off the edges, <laughs> and, you know, and, but Kenny Clark was definitely involved in a lot of that. But as Clark said, I mean, one of the things that he's talked with Mike Pettin about and Matt LaFleur is they want to probably move him around a little bit more this year, create more opportunities yeah. for him. The major question I have is when push comes to shove, when the regular season starts, you know you're going to have Kenny Clark, assuming he's healthy, for X amount of snaps. Do you want those snaps dedicated to help stopping the run where he can help you a lot or getting some pressure on the quarterback where he also can help you a lot? That's where the Packers have to be cognizant of this because he's yeah. played over 80% of the snaps here the last couple seasons when he's been on the field. That's a really tough number for a 315-pound body to fit. Fortunately, he's been young and productive and been able to do it but it's going to be incumbent on those other defensive linemen in that room to help take some snaps out of him because I really think that sweet spot is probably around 70%. That's where you're going to get the most out of a really well-conditioned defensive tackle, but also still allow Kenny Clark to have that explosiveness that everyone really likes about his game. Yeah, well, you mentioned Rashawn Gary earlier, and he's another guy who's uh, uh, certainly making some noise here in the early portion of camp. You and I have been doing this for a while, Wes. You look at the first couple of practices, especially when you're into August here like we are, even though the pads are only going on for the first time later today. But when a guy is getting a lot of reps with a first unit, that sort of that sends a signal that the coordinator, in this case Mike Petton, the defensive coordinator, he's definitely got plans for Rashawn Gary in this defense in 2020 because we have seen Gary on the field a lot with the number one defense, with both of the Smiths out there uh, as well. All three of those guys officially listed as outside linebackers, but all taking the field together with the number one unit. And those are the kinds of things that, as I say, they send signals for what the defensive coordinator is uh, has in mind for later down the road. And we just have to see what those plans are going to be as they unfold. Yeah, I think this has been the truest testament of the Packers trying to get their best 11 guys on the field. I think they feel like Rashawn Gary is one of them yep. and they need to find ways to create for him. Uh, the thing I, I keep telling people, one, the kid's 21 years old. He was 21 years old. I know he's a 12th overall pick. I know people are super excited about that selection. You need to have some patience with him. I mean, much like I, I even made this thing in, in Insider Inbox. Uh, you know, Rashawn Gary's 22. Zadarius Smith didn't even take his first NFL snap till he was 23. And it was a few years after that where he really became a difference maker for Baltimore. This is a tough game. You need to be able to yeah. develop and, you know, really find yourself as a pass rusher. Now, that being said, I thought he checked all the boxes you wanted him to check this offseason. You know, he looked to tone up his body a little bit more. Uh, as he said, he still is around that 276 mark. It's not like he's had like this huge, uh, you know, you know, just he looks drastically different from last season it's just as he was saying 
you know, eating clean, a little bit more conditioning, you know, doing a little bit more of those high school drills of running bleachers and gassers because of the restrictions in place because of the quarantine. But also, Mike, it's a 21-year-old man going to a 22-year-old man. And then there's just certain maturation that goes along with that. But the one thing I think we're going to learn this year is I think, I think Rashawn Gary is going to be more than just a dime rusher, which is what the role he predominantly played last season. When the Smiths needed a breather, it often was Kyler Fackrell going in there. And I think Gary is going to be that guy this season that's going to be able to complement them and then potentially even have some opportunities to be on the field with them together. But uh, he's a part of that trio. And the Packers, they, last year was the emergence of the Smiths. I think this year the Packers want to be able to, to give more of those opportunities to Gary as well. Yeah, and one stat to throw out there about Gary, too. Yes, he only had two sacks as a rookie, but this is the stat, Wes. He had 19 quarterback pressures in approximately 240 defensive snaps. That's that's actually pretty good production yeah. for limited playing time, and I, th- I think the Packers are, are looking for him to build on that. Okay, one last thing before we go. A very interesting development on Monday in Monday's practice. The first interception of training camp in the 11-on-11 work was – turned in by none other than the new guy on defense, Christian Kirksey at inside linebacker. He took a deep zone drop and picked off an Aaron Rodgers pass that was intended for Devontae Adams. Just kind of neat that uh, it was the new guy on defense that, uh, that, you know, got the old man at quarterback, so to speak. Yeah, and it was off a zone drop uh, into coverage. He was probably about 15 yards deep, and they were trying to hit Devontae Adams on a crosser. Uh, just a really good job of recognizing what was in front of him and reacting to it. We didn't get a chance to talk to Kirksey after this practice. We actually talked to him after Saturday's practice. Right. But you got to imagine that that was a feel-good moment for him. This is a guy that, again, mind you, he's only played in nine games the last two seasons. Uh, the fact that he's just in there calling this defense right now, you see when the plays gets re relayed from Mike Pettin from the sideline. Uh, Kirksey's already the general. He's already stepping into that role, and they need him to step into that role. He's the only proven commodity that they have at this time at inside linebacker. But he even said it's been a long journey for him. It's been a long road back, and then obviously having to wait through this quarantine to be able to get into Green Bay and start to meet these guys in person. Uh, that, that had to been a big moment for him. In addition to a lot of good moments for the defense so far, I thought Vernon Davis, uh, excuse me, Vernon Davis, Vernon Scott. Okay. Vernon Davis was not at practice on Monday. <laughs> Vernon Scott was the rookie seventh round pick out of TCU. He had a couple pass deflections. I, I thought you've seen some really nice play recognition so far from, you know, some of those defensive backs trying to make a run for a roster spot. Uh, in addition to uh, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, they were saying after Saturday's practice, they felt like the defense set the tone and, they wanted to keep it that way. So watching this battle between, especially now that we're going to see more ones versus ones in these 11 and 11 periods, uh, these battles are going to be terrific to watch. And I think you're really going to get a good sense for where both of these sides of the field are. Well, one last thing on Kirksey before we go, uh, you mentioned kind of his long road to these last couple of years dealing with a lot of injuries and everything. He just looks and sounds like a guy who's having a blast being back on the football field and being the guy in command of the defensive huddle and running things. And obviously he knows Petten's system from earlier in his career. Just a, a veteran guy who really seems to have uh, rediscovered the joy of, uh, of the game that he loves. And it's fun to watch. Yeah. And I got to mention too, I want to get your thought on this. I, and Blake Martinez is terrific and I, I wish him well with the Giants. It's not, this is not, it's nothing to do with Blake, but considering Blake is gone and seeing Kirksey for the first time, I mean, 
it, it, since fans are not able to watch this right now, I just need to say, I mean, this is a guy that looks like a three down inside yeah. linebacker. He just, he has a certain presence about him. I think you look at his physique and the way that he carries his weight uh, very evenly. I, I just, I think when you see a guy like Christian Kirksey, when fans finally get a chance to actually see him on the field uh, and not just a couple photos here and there, or a couple, you know, two second videos, uh, th this guy is going to impress you just based on the way that, you know, he brings he's exactly what you think that position should look like in, yep. in this time and age. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. But with that, we do have to go. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. For Wes, I am Mike. We will be back again later this week to talk more Packers training camp. Wes, we're talking about practice. Does it feel good, Mike? Feels awesome. I miss this. <laughs> <laughs> it feels awesome. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.